You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears offense can still do a little bit more to put Mitchell Trubisky in the best position to be successful. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we're taking a look at Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy's recent comments about the style of offense and a desire for perhaps more up-tempo and more things that Mitchell Trubisky might be more comfortable with. So we'll take a look at what Matt Nagy has talked about doing and what he could still otherwise look to do and how that all sort of impacts and sits in the general bigger picture of this Bears quarterback situation. After the win on Sunday, Mitchell Trubisky was far from satisfied with his performance and the Bears' offensive performance as a whole. You know, scoring 19 points against a Giants defense that was allowing more than 28 a game. And it sort of raised some further questions about this Bears' offensive execution and Mitchell Trubisky's execution within that. And there was sort of a desire expressed to hurry up offense a little bit more, go a little bit higher tempo, and do some different things. And Matt Nagy addressed some of those options and sort of the dynamics that go into mixing things up and, and what Mitchell Trubisky has been successful with and, and what you have to be careful with and, and how that could all kind of play in on a game-by-game basis. You kind of evaluate what happened yesterday, but over the course of the full season, too, how do you balance the cleanness with which your offense is played in two-minute hurry-up yeah. situations against not really being able to do that over the course of a full season? Yeah, no, it's right. There's uh, You see some tempo that goes on, and, and I think that that's good. That's something that, that we look into, and we've done we've really done it um, for a lot of the season. There's been there's been um, a lot of games. I mean, you can go, go back to really right – you know, really the second game of the season, uh, third game of the season where we've done that. And, and so, um, that's stuff that we look into and there, there's pros and cons to it. I mean, there's, it's always, it's always good when it works. And then when it doesn't work, you got to be careful of that. So we like it and we think it's good. And we know that, that, uh, you know, Mitch feels comfortable in that. And I think our offense does. So we want to, we want to definitely keep that going. What have you seen from Mitch with running the hurry up? Cause he seems to, he seems to have had more success doing that. Yeah, he has. Well, and he did, he did it in college, you know? So I think that's where, um, we understand that, and uh, when, when you have when you have somebody that feels comfortable in that, we want to we want to look into that. And so we've done that this year. We, we've we've done it really most. I think I, don't quote me on this, but I think we're top one or two in uh, in the NFL in no huddle right now. Matt, uh, when we talked to Ragone about that situation, you know Trubisky being really good and up tempo. Yeah. And he said everybody in his family says, "Why don't you just run that all the time?" Yeah. And I think his response was, "It's not that easy." Why is it so problematic to kind of replicate that, not just up tempo, just that urgency that he seems to really thrive in? Yeah, there, there's the sure. Sure, there, there's communication that goes on with that, and they give you different looks on defense. So sometimes when you get a, a, a look that you might not uh, scheme for, it can be different, and there can be gray, uh, quote-unquote, in, in the decision-making process. So um, I think there's whether you're going super fast and you don't care what the defense is in and you're just playing fast, there's some, there's some benefit to that, and then there's some other benefit to, to going no huddle and, and um, you know scheming some things. And We've done that this year. Uh, and, and we'll continue to just keep trying to figure out what's best for us in those different levels. Again, and to that point, as much as you have, say you've, you have done it, 
that Mitch has so explicitly said that's really what he liked yesterday. He couldn't have been more clear about yeah. it. Does that make you look into it even more? You know I'm saying? Are you taking an extra step? Absolutely. I, in week one to say, hey, maybe this is something we should really do more than we thought we should. Anytime, without getting into specifics and giving an advantage away, anytime that we have plays or or something that our players like, we always take that in consideration. I think you, I think you need to. So, um, you know, if it's a play, whether it's huddle or no huddle, that 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 he doesn't like, um, we get together every Friday and we go through that call sheet. And if there's something that he doesn't like, that thing gets thrown out. So a lot of the focus of the conversation was about up tempo offense and going to the no huddle. And I was curious to see just how much more effective. The Bears have been passing out of those types of plays, and I wanted to verify what Matt Nagy said about being among the league leaders because you don't necessarily perceive that as far as noticing that anecdotally on the field. But looking at some of the Bears' splits between huddle and no huddle, it has been a fairly small sample size overall, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a moment. But uh, Mitchell Trubisky has 53 pass attempts out of no huddle, and when you compare huddling versus no huddling, his passer rating out of no huddle is 89.3 as compared to 81.3 from the huddle. So it's an improvement, but not a drastic difference. Same with the completion percentage, up 5% higher completion percentage from no huddle than huddle. The yards per pass attempt is actually just ever so slightly lower in no huddle than in huddle, surprisingly. And then the touchdown to interception ratio, uh, 12 touchdowns to 8 interceptions in the huddle. And with no huddle, it's a 1 touchdown to 0 interception ratio. And only 2 sacks out of the no huddle seem to be being able to sort of get to the line of scrimmage and get plays off in that regard. But it isn't necessarily directly a more productive Mitchell Trubisky. And, and perhaps that loses some of the context that it is. It might be more fair to say that you know no huddle might set, set them up for better plays once they do huddle on the same drives. And it's not that all of the magic happens in the no huddle, but perhaps the no huddle sets up the huddles to follow. But, but Matt Nagy wasn't lying when he talked about how often they do run no huddle compared to the rest of the NFL. That it does feel like a small sample size, but it is bigger than pretty much everybody else. Only the Arizona Cardinals have run more no huddle this season than the Chicago Bears. Uh, Sharp Football Stats has the Bears with 91 snaps of no huddle this year, tied with the Buffalo Bills for second. And in terms of what percentage of their offensive plays, the Bears are alone in second place of the most no huddle run in their offense. So it has been a part of the offense. It hasn't been the pure solution to their offensive struggles. And it's going to take more than just up-tempo to really get things clicking for more than one quarter each game. They might not need much more than that this week against a imploding Detroit Lions team. And I think that's part of why the Bears are three-point favorites on the road right now on mybookie.ag. And this week, mybookie is offering a risk-free bet on this Bears-Lions game. All you have to do is choose a team against the spread for up to $250, and if you win, congratulations, you've got some extra holiday spending money. And even if you lose, congratulations to you as well, because my bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes everyone to play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. 
just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code Locked On, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's already on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat that. A guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Beyond the no huddle and the up tempo, we've heard fans and analysts alike clamor for other things that this Bears offense can do to try and help Mitchell Trubisky and really maximize his skill set within this system. And I want to kind of go through some of the main ones here and look at both how often the Bears are deploying them now and how successful they've been now and then whether or not they should then look to do more based on what they're already doing or if it's sort of already trying it and not having a lot more success with it. And one of the main things I think we hear in addition to the no huddle is moving the pocket and rolling the quarterback out and kind of getting him involved on the edge and on the run where his mobility can be a little bit more of an advantage. And I think there's a perception that the Bears don't do enough of that. It feels like the Bears don't do enough of that. I would agree with that perception. It doesn't It doesn't feel like they're doing a ton of those for Mitchell Trubisky. So looking at the actual numbers behind it, this season Mitchell Trubisky has attempted 32 passes on rollouts. And that feels low. You know, when, when he's attempted 323 passes, you're basically one in 10 passes is a rollout. And you're looking at maybe, what, th- a little over three per game, you know, with 32 pass attempts per game and, you know, one in 10, essentially. It, that that's maybe feels a little bit like on the low side. But when you compare it to other quarterbacks, in terms of total passes on rollouts, Mitchell Trubisky is tied for seventh most, actually with Patrick Mahomes of all people, and he's not that far behind the quarterbacks ahead of him. I mean, Kyler Murray has four more, Goff has four more, Lamar Jackson has seven more, and then Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Kirk Cousins are a little bit farther ahead, but it's not as though the Bears are at the bottom of the league in rollouts, but they have been somewhat more effective for Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't know that it's, again, this drastic difference that would be the difference between a great quarterback and the quarterback that we've seen now, but it is an improvement nonetheless. This season on rollout passes, Mitchell Trubisky is 22 of 32 for 237 yards and a touchdown. And what that basically represents is uh, about a between 5 and 10 percent higher completion percentage and a a two or three yard higher yards per attempt. He goes from like five to seven yards per attempt and from like 62 to 68 percent completion percentage. So it is better and it is more effective for Mitchell Trubisky, but is a a few extra yards per completion and a slightly higher completion percentage a a drastic difference that's going to be the difference in scoring 19 points versus 28 points? I don't know. It can be the difference in games here and there, certainly, but to what extent I think is up for debate when it comes to rollouts. You know, and I look at another thing, play action. We all want to see more play action from Mitchell Trubisky. And yes, the Chicago Bears under Matt Nagy have been towards the bottom of the league in percentage of plays utilizing play action. I think they're up slightly this year from last year through the first 11 weeks now. Mitchell Trubisky has had play action on 19.2% 
of his pass attempts, which is ranked 23rd among starting quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of how often it's called. Patrick Mahomes is number one up there with Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson as the most frequent play-action users. So Trubisky very clearly near the bottom, and he has been more effective on play-action than no play-action in a, in a sim- to a similar degree as the rollouts and the no-huddle, where Mitchell Trubisky's passer rating on on no play-action is 77.6, and with play-action it jumps 15 points to 92.7. And really what you're seeing is a... Uh, a mostly a higher yards per attempt. His completion percentage on play action and not play action is almost identical, but with play action, he's getting about eight yards an attempt, and without play action, it's five. So the the throws are coming a little bit more downfield, and they're a little bit more productive on each of the throws. But again, it's not like a drastic touchdown percentage or decrease in drastically in interceptions, and it's still you know, uh, about the same completion percentage. So, it, yes, it is a more effective Mitchell Trubisky, but it's not a drastically overall over the course of a full game different Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that's what I kind of keep coming back to with this. I mean, I, I still think more play action would be better. More rollouts would be better. More no huddle would probably be better. And there are other things, too, that I think, you know, you could look at trying to clean up a little bit offensively in terms of being a little bit less predictable with personnel where the six offensive lineman comes on the field and you're almost always running the ball or you get a lot of heavy tight ends in there. You're almost always running the ball and it can be a little bit easy for defenses to jump on some of those things. They're doing a better job of balancing the run between shotgun and under center and not quite being as predictable in those regards, but the Bears still don't pass all that much from under center. And I, and I'd like to see maybe a little bit more diversity in that regard. I think, the drop back from under center could perhaps maybe it's something with Mitchell Trubisky's footwork where he has to think more about his steps on those. And that could either make him overthink them a little bit too much and make poor decisions, or it could make him have better footwork and have better throws because he has to be more deliberate with that footwork. That's something we certainly can't answer on the outside, but Matt Nagy can with everything he does coaching these quarterbacks. So there are still things the bears can do, to help Mitchell Trubisky be a better quarterback, but I don't know that any of them, or even collectively, ultimately solve some of the greater issues that aren't so easy to fix. We'll put the dynamic between scheme and quarterback into context next on Locked On Bears. So we need to recognize that Mitchell Trubisky is the Bears quarterback of the present they're pretty content to finish out the season with him as their starting quarterback and have shown no indication of really wanting to give up on him anytime in the immediate future here. So that's sort of the the context that shapes the discussion about the offense and how Matt Nagy might be able to better position Mitchell Trubisky for success given where this team is and what this team is trying to accomplish, and that is winning football games and trying to hold on to whatever slim hope of the playoffs still exists at this point in the season and and not giving up and playing hard and all those sorts of things that every NFL team is expected to do. But I think what strikes me about all of this Trubisky talk at this point is the greater context around how much adjustment and change and adaptation seems to be necessary in order for this offense 
to be able to get enough out of this quarterback to be able to win games. I mean, we are we we're talking about different ways Matt Nagy can do things to minimize his quarterback's mistake and get good enough performances out of the quarterback to be able to win games. Basically by I don't want to say abandoning the conventional offensive measures because play action is a conventional part of offense, rollouts a conventional part of offense and to some extent, you know, no huddle is a part of every team's 2-minute drills and and things like that. So it's not so much that the it's not like it's gimmicks and trick plays and just pulling out anything to make this offense work with this quarterback, but it feels like you shouldn't need to do all of this for your quarterback to be successful. That it feels like if the Bears don't go to more play action, do more rollouts, more no huddle, that they're not going to be able to get any sort of overwhelming consistency from Mitchell Trubisky. And it shouldn't need to be that hard to get it out of your quarterback, especially when you talk about a number two overall pick and a player that is supposed to be the face and future of your franchise, that, that was why he was brought in. And when you start to sort of have this discussion about, you know, the fifth year option and the potential contract extension beyond that, to me, it, it says so much that the Bears seem to need to do all of these other things in order to get adequate performances from their quarterback, that that should be the sign that the quarterback isn't necessarily the one that you want to stick with over the long haul. It's a quarterback that you can win football games with if you meet a lot of these criteria in terms of giving him time to throw, giving him weapons to throw to, getting some moving pockets, some no huddle, and some play action. You can win football games with this as your quarterback. And I don't want to completely overlook the value that does exist in that. There are only so many quarterbacks that you can win football games with in the NFL, and there are plenty of worse quarterbacks that even with all of those things around them, would not be able to be so successful. But I think when you start to bring it back to the bigger picture and take a step away from the immediate, how what do the Bears need to do to win next week and start talking about the bigger long-term plans for this team and for this offense, Matt Nagy shouldn't have to do things drastically differently offensively. He should be able to run a system that has been effective for him and multiple quarterbacks in Kansas City and was somewhat effective for Mitchell Trubisky last year. And it shouldn't require a lot of drastically different... I mean, of course, the offense has to be run properly. And that's not to excuse anything that Matt Nagy has done because he has been a problem as well for a lot this season. And his his play calling and his scheme also needs to be better but clearly there's multiple problems going on here, and, and quarterback is a large source of some of them. And it's not putting it all on Mitchell Trubisky, and it's not taking the, the blame off of Matt Nagy because it is certainly well-deserved all around and the, the rest of the offense as well. But when, when, you, when it feels like everything has to be in position and be correct and be right for your quarterback— to be successful in any way, and, and without those things, you can't get any sort of consistency from the position. That should be the the main information you need 
if you're the decision makers involved in whether or not Trubisky is your long-term answer. He can still be your short-term answer to, to some extent. I mean, until you have to invest significant money and resources in this player to keep him around, you know, you can you can win more games with Mitchell Trubisky. You can still stay on the fringe of this playoff hunt. You can beat a team like the Lions on Thursday, and you can beat a team like the Giants last Sunday. You know, you can win games despite the inconsistency, but at some point there has to be a realization about what you need to have from your franchise quarterback. And at this point, we've seen enough and we've seen the ups and downs and the lack of consistency that seems to need so much to be able to support and prop it up. And when you're when you're talking about such a critical position in football and in, in team building, that's where, for me, this all sort of circles back to with Mitchell Trubisky. It's not like he needs to be... Aaron Rodgers or you know a Hall of Fame style quarterback that's always going to improvise and and make everything better and always be perfect and throw in such a masterful way but there's a certain base level of consistency that you want from your franchise quarterback and if you're not getting it you can find yourself pretty well stuck in what's well known as quarterback purgatory that a team like the Los Angeles Rams might be finding themselves stuck in. The, the team like the Cincinnati Bengals found themselves stuck in for uh, this Andy Dalton era and that Ryan Tannehill with the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, you can go down the list of a lot of teams stuck in this quarterback purgatory. The Jacksonville Jaguars with Nick Foles right now and the Denver Broncos for a little bit there with Joe Flacco and sort of what they're doing with their quarterback situation. You need to be able to have somebody that is a step above to really be worth investing how much you have to invest in the quarterback position in the modern NFL. And at this point, it's pretty clear the Chicago Bears do not have that. I am expecting an easier time for Mitchell Trubisky this week against the Detroit Lions, even in spite of the short week. But given that Detroit lost to Washington last weekend, I think the Bears are going to have some real opportunities against an imploding Lions team. And we're going to get the scoop this week from Matt Deary from Locked On Lions on our crossover podcast. I'm not positive it's going to be a crossover Wednesday. It may end up being a Thursday day of podcast. But one way or another, we'll get you the local expert on the Detroit Lions. So make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can also follow at Lockdown Bears on Twitter. You can like the Lockdown Bears Facebook page, or you can even join in for more Bears talk and conversation in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group. You can expect a little bit of a more abnormal podcast schedule, still five days a week, but as far as whether we do a mailbag podcast on Friday or maybe we save it for Monday, or I'm not exactly sure how I want to work this out because then we have another Thursday game the following week so it kind of throws the whole schedule out so hope you'll bear with me and keep it locked right here on lockdown bears and no matter what order our, our daily podcasts come out you can be sure that at the end of every episode you'll still have another opportunity to bear down